2: Huh. Watch him throw the ball We gon' pick it up You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off You gon' play through fourth and long or you gon' punt it off Your defenders, heavy hitters, put your pads in Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in Keep the helmet
3: on, keep the cleats tight You the type to wanna to win by any means, right? You should look alive This is Trap or Dive yes sir welcome back to another episode of travel die podcast i am your host molly maul man um first off good afternoon good morning whenever you listening, whenever you tapped in um if you're on the youtube side uh we want to make sure that you hit that like button and that subscribe button we definitely appreciate that especially if you are brand new to the channel um if you are on the twitter side what's up man <laughs> um if you want to migrate over to the YouTube, you know, you can definitely for sure. Uh, you can be a part of the show. We do have call-ins on this episode. Um, so you can call in. I would say, put it this way. I, so we're, we're supposed to have a guest. Um, Glover Quinn is supposed to be checking in, uh, former safety of Detroit Lions, current host of the Believe in Lions podcast uh, <clears throat> on the Believe Network. Um, I think you kind of know where we're going with this, Right. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to get a little profile going with Ben Johnson. So, uh, you know, I think we are tapping in any minute now with him. So uh, stay tuned for that, like, literally early on. Um, audio side, if you are on the audio side, man, make sure you hit that follow button. Make sure you hit that uh, subscribe or whatever you're listening. Uh, rate, review if you can. We definitely appreciate that as well. Let me get the good man, AJ. Oh, AJ. I thought AJ. All right, there we go. Looking at the I'm looking at it backstage right now, making sure AJ good before I check in, man. Man, what's going on with you, player? How you feeling, bro?
2: I'm good, man. How about you?
3: I can't call it. Uh Jay, Philip, AJ going to <laughs> AJ gonna talk with me out of Ben Johnson. What's going on, Monty? Uh hey, you look, like I said, we got we got Glover checking in right now, actually. So we're gonna go ahead and, and get get the train rolling uh philip so you never know you may still be sold i don't know but um anyway i think this is a good time to get things going let's go ahead and get in like i said glover quinn of uh believe in lions podcast he is the host over there um and former safety of the detroit lions and houston texans let me go ahead and bring the big dog again and boom boss man what's going on with you appreciate you joining us man I ain't nothing to it man how y'all doing I'm all right, man. Hey, bro. I, so I used to—is it—is it Glover or or like Glover? Because I used to call. I think I called you both at one point in my life. <laughs> it's a Glover. Glover, boom. Glover. Here it goes. Yeah, See, I, I gotta check in and make sure. All right, so we got with, with, with with the guys on uh that
2: you were teammates with. What they call you? For man, sure.
4: they, they call me all types of stuff. I get GQ. <laughs> okay. I get Q. I get G. I, and football a lot. I got glove. Um Quinn obviously that's more like a coach's talk right there. You know what I'm saying? They call you last name. Yeah. So I get it all, man. But the official, the official is uh glow.
3: Glow, there it is. I feel like when you when you are like when you just when you around a group of people, especially like from a football aspect or a team aspect, like some people you can go through a thousand different stops and you're gonna find a thousand different nicknames and they're gonna find whatever worked for them.
4: yeah man you know it's it's just kind of like you know whatever comes naturally you know what i'm saying like i said my name is glover but in the football terms you know with catching interceptions and playing defense you know it was easy for people to call me the glove and and stuff like that so then people would hit me and be like glove and i i knew who they was talking about you know what i'm saying but then it's, it's also easier for dudes or people just to be like what a q or What's up, GQ? Most people don't call you by your government. You know what I'm saying? And so and then the people in your adult life, they're not really around or they wasn't around your childhood life. So they don't know your at the crib, little, young nickname that they called you back around the block. So when you go back home and you start hearing people calling you by that
3: night, you'd be like, OG,
4: Hey, man. hold on, man, where that come from? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of it's kind of crazy.
3: Hey, so listen though, before one one quick thing before we get into Detroit, man, you're on the 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 the, the media slash content side now. I, I remember um so I did the scouting academy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but like One of the things that I did a lot of research, just trying to understand like in depth, like details and defenses. I remember seeing a YouTube video, like you breaking down like simplistic structures of of defenses and things like that. But now you also have a podcast, bro. Like, how how is this? She is she relaxed, man. How's this um this whole media slash content side been treating you since you've uh from went from NFL to now covering the team uh in Detroit?
4: Man, it was actually kind of crazy because like that what you was talking about, I had created this, this thing called the DB Room, right? So this was during COVID. And and I don't know if people were doing podcasts. I, I, I wasn't really into that stuff then because I was playing, you know what I'm saying? And so then when I retired, next thing you know, COVID hit in 2020 or whatever that was. And so I'm just sitting at the crib one day. I was in my room. My sinuses was acting up. I never tested positive for COVID, but my uh, my wife, she had thought that uh, she was like, you look kind of sick. So she made me go in the, in the other room. And while I'm just in the room chilling, I started thinking about all these, like, stories and stuff. And so I was like, man, you know what? I think I'm going to tell this story. So I just got up, got my cameras and stuff, and, like, I recorded this story. And I put it on, like, my socials or whatever. And it kind of was like people, like, reacted to it like it was kind of solid. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right. I got another story for y'all. So then I came back the next week. I told a story of how I had um, caught a pick six off Matt Ryan. Kind of told him the whole like how the play happened, how the film study happened, like the night before when I saw it, like everything. And it went like 10,000 plus views or something like that at the time. I was like, oh, snap, this is kind of crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just getting into my photography, videography type of journey. And so I was watching a bunch of YouTube stuff. And so I would start realizing like, man, you know what? People go to YouTube to like learn stuff, you know what I'm saying? Uh, see That's how right. to do stuff, right? How to do this, how to do that. And so I was like, you know what, man? I think I'm going to start teaching normal, casual fans football on YouTube and just make like little videos, breaking down ter- basic terminology, So that when you're watching games and you're hearing Tony Romo talking about cover four and post routes and corner routes and rub routes and all these different things, 21 personnel, 11 personnel, you have some kind of idea of like what they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? And so I started doing that. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm going to call my channel the DB room. Because the DBs always had the coolest rooms on the team. Everybody liked to hang out in the DB room. You know what I'm saying? We had food, we got guest speakers, <laughs> we had all types of stuff going on in the DB room with cracking jokes. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to call my channel the DB room and I'm going to have like guests come in and do like little interviews and stuff. And I'm going I'm to break down film. And so I just kind of started doing that. So I was doing like live shows with like Calvin Johnson and tyrant matthew and stefan gilmer all these people crazy stuff like and this was Mm -hmm. during covid right and you know i was breaking down film and stuff on on youtube cover one cover two cover three going over all the different personnels and stuff like that and it's crazy because i haven't even posted on that channel in like probably two years or whatever and I still be getting comments and people just be hitting me up, like, man, I appreciate them videos. You're gonna bring up you're gonna do some more. Or man, I learned a lot looking at those videos. I'm like, damn, that was three years ago. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
5: Yeah,
3: and but, but you see, like be, the, it
4: still be getting
5: subscribers too. It
4: probably got like 12, 13,000 subs right now. I'm like,
3: <laughs> yeah, you never know what that the stuff do for people, man. And I think that's that's probably like to your point, like it, it surprised you, it made sense, but like something is that can be simple because because of the level that you are something that could be simple for you is like damn this this shit. i need <laughs> it. i ain't never know i ain't never knew this this what that was so like right it, it is interesting man um dre i see you checking out what's going on with you big dog how you feeling bro
0: my bad mom yeah no i'm good i'm good
3: <laughs> what's good y'all man no i'm good man
5: just getting back up in the house man had to get some things together but happy to be all here right. what's up Glover, man how you doing bro <laughs> i'm solid
4: man how you boss yes
5: sir i'm good man good,
4: all right good. so
3: y'all know why we here jay said he want to get a profile of the, of the golden boy i see you, jay um jerry said just need a qb who we talking about um jerry oh you're talking about ben johnson jerry okay all right so glover's in here um we're going to let's kind of start with the team and then narrow ourselves down the bin. Um, y'all are on the way to an NFC title game against the matchup uh, or against the San Francisco 49ers, man. And um, I think if, if one of the things that showed me y'all was some dogs or the Detroit line with some dogs, it wasn't even this year. It was last year. Like y'all stretch run, but also knocking green Bay out of the playoffs. Like the thing that kind of stuck with me, it wasn't the fact that y'all actually beat green Bay. It was the mentality that your head coach had going into the game and what he said after the game. And it was all about like, I don't give a damn like what green Bay had going on. Like we finna smoke them and get them out. And and that's kind of what changed my mindset about how Detroit whole philosophy and, and, and culture and what that meant for them and how that can really propel them to something in the next season. So long as everything continues to grow and develop. Uh, what do you think about this year? Um, like, I guess the question was like, is it a complete surprise, or is it something where y- you've been close enough, long enough to know that yeah, these these guys were for real for a long time.
4: Yeah, they they've been they've been playing well for a long time, man. Like even like when Dan Campbell, you know, they were playing, and honestly, they were losing the games, but it was like little things that you could see that was causing them to lose you know it'd be like a, a close game they weren't getting blown blown out right it'd be like a mistake in a key moment or a turnover in a crucial time or just something like that but they were always close they were playing hard they were playing and you could see it but they were just having to learn how to win right and so then they get out of that first season and it was a tough year you can see glimpses but they they, they just wasn't getting the results and then you go to last year, they come in off of the hard knocks, and everybody's all you know feeling good about the lines because you get to see the story and you 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 learn the players, and the 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 hype was really high. And they started out the season like one and five, one and six, and it's like, oh, here we go again, right? And then all of a sudden it started to click and they finished the season off going like this. And like you said, that last game to go to Green Bay where green bay has everything to win right they they win they in the playoffs the Lions win and they still going home right but they get to knock off a division opponent that's really been the big bully in the division Mm -hmm. for a lot of years right my my years when i was in detroit we had two winner take all um games in the last game of the season against the green bay packers and we could never get over to aaron Rodgers, right like Did we have great teams? Sure. But we couldn't beat Aaron Rodgers in the game that matters the most to win a division. And so for them to go into Green Bay's house in that type of game and get that win, that just propelled them into the offseason. They went and had a great offseason. And then this year, I think they were ready for the hype that was around them because the expectations, I think, were lower but higher, meaning it was the Lions. So they're supposed to be good, but we ain't really expecting them. Because last year, I've hard knocks, we was expecting them to be good, and they really wasn't like that. And so they were able to kind of come in and really, I don't want to say under the radar, but really just try to kind of like sneak up on a lot of people. Like they opened up with Kansas City and beat them on national TV. And that was kind of like, oh, this the same team that went in the Green Bay, and beat them the last game of the year. But, no, they're better. They got Jameer Gibbs now. They got Brian Branch. They drafted in the second round. They had a pick six in the first game. They got Sam LaPorta, the tight end. Like, they got some more pieces. They just went to Kansas City and won. They might be okay. And then they were able to keep stacking on. it. so they've been playing good for a while, man. And they just happened to, uh, you know, all come together at the right time. Health-wise, injury-wise, all that stuff, man. It just came. At the right time and you know they, they they've been doing good
3: what um are, what type of uh i would say when you think about dan campbell and, and what he's brought uh because i know ben johnson was an oc in 2022 um i think i don't know the name of the guy that was there before him um but he moved on anthony lynn oh it was lynn okay okay um it was at- dan that's 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 terrible. I should have known that. Um, Anthony <laughs> Lynn was <laughs> Anthony Lynn was there.
2: Oh, by the way, he's now with the 49ers still. Okay. Um, I think
3: he was the running game coordinator or something like run that. Running game coordinator, right? That's, so, that's so, what he really
4: is. So Lynn was
3: there in 20 uh 2021. Uh Ben got there in 2022. Um, what type of differences? Well, I started with Dan, but I, I, I'll I'll i go to Ben right quick. But what type of differences have you seen uh from from Ben? Um, since he's taken over with the Detroit Lions, um, I I well, I'll stop there because I got a thousand thoughts on Ben.
4: I mean, I, I think you've seen and from a player standpoint, you've just seen the consistency. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't understand that like a lot of these offenses are really complex, even defenses are really complex and they're never ending, right? And so when you get these people that come in these systems and they're trying to learn these systems overnight, it's very difficult. You know, the ones that have the best success are the ones that can stay in the same system for a while, because now you get to learn the system, you get to understand the system and then the coordinator can really, 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 really add to it. You know, tweak a couple things because everybody really understands it. And so the thing that you see is just that camaraderie, that con- continuation, because he's gotten to know the players that he has, the players understand him. So when you look at all the guys that they have, he really just mixes it up. You know what I'm saying? You have guys on the outside, Jameson Williams, uh, Reynolds, that can go up top. You have a guy underneath that can control the game, Amari Ross St. Brown. But you also got a receiving tight end that you can get the ball to. Now you got two running backs. You want one that can come out the backfield and Jameer Gibbs, one that you hand the ball off to David Montgomery. So they just do so many different things. And it really just all depends on what's working that day. But you're going to see them go to the tight end. You're going to see them go to Amon Ross St. Brown. You're going to take a shot every now and then. Not a whole lot of shots. I've been wanting to see it actually probably more shots to Jamison Williams, but that could also be Jamison Williams. I don't know how he is in practice. You know, he came off the ACL and he's been injured and he had the suspension. And I don't know what he know and what he don't know and how he performs in practice and how he don't perform. So that may be the reason why they don't take as many shots. I mean, they threw a shot to him. On, uh, on Sunday, and I yep. thought it was a great pass by Jared Goff, and it's like, Jamison didn't even attempt to catch the ball. I don't know if he saw it, didn't see it, but it looked like it could have been like a great, you know, over-the-shoulder catch, and there was not even an attempt on the ball, so I don't know why. I would like to see more shots, but it could be a reason behind all that, but you are going to see a lot of the plays to the tight end and, and you know, across the middle on the corner routes. You're going to see you know, Amon Ross, St. Brown, over the over the ball, across the field, sidelines. You're going to see some screens here or there. You're going to see the run game downhill. You're going to see the run game lateral. You're going to see – I mean, it's a lot of different things that they do. But like I say, a lot of that has to do with all of the pieces that he has, for one. And then just the fact that Jared Goff's been there for a number of years now, so he understands the system. Amon has been there for a number of years now, so those key pieces understand the system and then everybody else can just play their role as they learn the system more.
2: Yeah, and I and I mean, you know, coming into this interview with you and, and you being a former Detroit Lion player and, and being so close-knit with the team, I didn't even want to ask you about Jameson Williams, a.k.a. Mr. FanDuel, but um, <laughs> He's way too talented to not be getting the ball more in this offensive system and how the scheme is set up. There should be more deep shots available to him, like you stated, uh, especially with that speed. Do you think that do you think that maybe sometimes Ben's Ben gets too caught up in his system and not necessarily feeding playmakers such as the Jamison Williams more and even like take Jameer Gibbs like? The game just uh, Sunday he only had nine uh, rushing attempts. Uh, he broke one for thirty-one, and the touch that was a touchdown. And I think he had like four receptions. Do you feel like he doesn't take advantage sometimes of, of that weaponry, or maybe he's not um, he's not acclimated to them yet with, within their skill set and fitting within the mold of his system in a sense.
4: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of different things that go into that, especially, you know, from a coordinated standpoint, because when you have all those weapons, it just kind of depends on like. Who's on today? You know, what I'm saying like, what are our matchups today? Hey, they at hey, these group right here. They got great linebackers. So, you know what? We're probably going to have to exploit this matchup hey, these guys got great corners. we probably going to have to exploit this matchup. They're linebackers are week. And so I think it's kind of like, you know, how it is in basketball. Everybody in the starting five want to get a shot up in the first few possessions just to see, hey, man, this might be my night. I might can go for 40 tonight. You know what? I hit my first three. Let me see if I can hit another three. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times it's kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? If Jameer Gibbs is breaking runs and he's doing this and this and that, he may get more carries that game, and David Montgomery may not get as many. You know what I'm saying? If they're stacking it up, if David Montgomery is running, he's getting eight, nine yards, a pop, or five, six yards, okay, well, David Montgomery might get more that day. Like I said, I haven't seen a lot of shots to Jamison Williams. I see some every now and then, but I haven't seen as many as I would like. But I think with Ben, he's more of a system guy. Like, he liked guys, I think, like Amon Ross St. Brown like Sam LaPorte, guys that just can fit into the system. I don't know if he's a Calvin Johnson type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that he wouldn't love to have Calvin Johnson, but I don't think he wants like that one person that's like the man. I think he likes having five, six guys that, you know what, Let's see who's open, and now with all our crossing routes, our screen game, my deep shots, our corner routes, I this, our play action, all these things, we got a plethora of guys that we can go to as opposed to, hey, man, we got to force feed the ball to this guy, this and this and that. And so if Jamison is not showing it in practice or they don't like the matchups, they're probably not going to take a shot. And when you look at a guy like Jamison, You see him drop the ball on deep comeback routes. You see him drop the ball on out routes. You see him drop those passes. So the confidence that they have in him to do anything other than run a deep ball isn't their problem. I mean, we've seen him drop wide open deep passes, not even go after the one on Sunday. So I don't really know what's going on right there with with Jamison and the whole offensive thing. But I think Ben does a great job of trying to spread the ball around and and really run his system. He just got to have, in my opinion, the guys to make that system go.
5: I was just going to bounce off of that because, AJ, you know, I do feel like you are nitpicking a little bit with Ben Johnson because you got your favorites. You know you do Gibbs and Williams as your guys. (laughs) I mean, I
2: I just like my dogs to get fed. You feel me? Like, Maul got his dog in the back. If his dog don't eat, he going to be crying. You feel me? Like
3: if, but, if my mom only got one dog, if I, gonna get dog.
2: Elite, if right. I <laughs> don't get a dog, I need to feed my dogs. Like that's just how I see it. Like, but I
3: like, I like LaPorter and St. Brown. That's kind of where I, so Glover, we were, we had a, like a, a conversation where he was, AJ mentioned, um, literally what you spoke on, um, Jamison Williams, uh, and the, and the lack of usage in a sense. And, and I'm, and I'm on my side. I'm like, well, you know, Laporta and Amara, they got plenty of touches. And, and Jameson, I mean not Jameson, Jameer. When he got the one, the 30-yarder and scored on it, I'm like, he still got 13. He was tied for the most touches uh on the team on offense. So, like, my thing in my head was like, you use they I feel like in my from a macro or outsider standpoint, I was like, Ben is using the people that's actually being productive in the sense if that makes sense. Like, not to say that Jameson can't be productive, but it's like if they working. Why are we tripping about Jameson in my head? So I guess my question, because this is actually a really good point. Also, side note, everybody in chat, if you all have a question for Glover, put it in put it in the chat. We can, if we got time, we can ask uh Glover a question. But Glover, for me, um, you mentioned how he is more of a system guy. I want to get your perspective from your your opinion and your experience in the NFL. Um, it's not like a right or wrong thing, but but what do you prefer in a coach? Um, based on the amount of years you've played, I think you're close to 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. What it what are you? Um, are you a person who appreciates a coach who who understands their system but understands their players more in terms of like maybe that player don't fit the system, but he's a hell of a player? Or do you are you understanding or or cool with a, a person who's like, all right, this is my system? I'm gonna abide by my system, nothing else matters. If you can't work this system, I don't know if I can work with you. Like, How do you kind of distinguish those two?
4: Well, I mean, I, I, I think the best ones, it's a mixture of, of the two, right? I think you can have um, a good player in a bad system, and the player will be okay. He won't be great, but he could be okay just because he's a good player. You could take an okay player and put him in a good system, and they can be great players. Why? Because they fit – the perfect system and i mean and i don't know how you guys i mean i, I, I mean you guys you should know um you think back a little while with Namdi the awesome wild right he went and played for philly right he was a lockdown man-to-man corner in oakland right we don't want you to do anything but get in people's face press them run them he was the man he went to philly and couldn't play why William they were they were they were running different things. It was a they, system. They, that man it,
2: switched sides. He only you played, see what I'm saying. So in Oakland,
4: but is he a good player? Yeah. You take a good player. You put him. You look at Deshaun Golson, right? Deshaun Golson. I know I'm calling a bunch of DBs, right? Deshaun Golson was probably one of the top safeties up coming out of San Francisco, 2012, 13. Him and Dante Whitner. He's a top dog safety, right? Cover four, one robber, hitting interceptions. He go to Tampa and take the money and you ain't heard from him since, right? He wasn't a cover two safety, right? So you take a, a good player and put them in a system that don't fit them, they're not going to be the same. Yeah, they might can make some plays for you every now and then, but you're not going to get the same impact. And so for being for a coordinator i like somebody that hey this is my system i want to find players that can fit inside my system and then there's certain ways i can tweak my system for a certain type of players yeah. that player just got to be willing to fit into the system and a lot of these top guys a lot of the times they don't want to fit into the system because i am who i am boss like just throw me the ball and we we can't just throw you the ball man these other guys are good too bro we got to get you open. You know what I'm saying? It's not a lot of guys that you just sit over and play the XY receiver and just say, hey, you're going to go and win. The defenses nowadays, they're not going to let you do that. They're going to double team you. They're going to scheme. They're going to do all types of things. They're not going to just let you sit there and beat us. The entire time. So you got to be able to work in the system. So when you look at guys like a Devontae Adams, he can play the he can play the X. They put him in motion. He played a Z. They put him in a slot. He played like you got to be able to move these guys around. They got to be able to run multiple routes. You can't just nothing against Randy Moss, but you can't just win every time just running deep balls. You got to be able to run a slant. You got to be able to run a comeback. You got to be able to run, you know what I'm saying, curl routes and dig routes and over routes. Like you got to be able to do all those things. And so all that stuff goes inside of the system. And when you have great players that don't mind fitting into a system, they're going to be even better. So that coordinator that just makes a person fit his system, probably not going to be as great because it's hard to find the right person all the time. Right. So. But when you can find that one that fits into my system mm-hmm. and they're good, you're, you're great. And then when you can find that great player. That has a small enough ego to say, hey, I know I'm great, but I still want to work inside the system because this just going to make me even better. It's going to it's designed to help me get open. I don't have to be macho man. I'm going to let the system help me get open. Who cares if I'm wide open because they scheme to play? doesn't matter. I still got numbers.
2: So, so GQ, you kind of went through that in the beginning of your NFL career at Houston, you know, moving from, from cornerback to safety Um, during your time in the NFL, you, you also were coached by some great coaches such as Gary Kubiak, Jim Caldwell, Jim Shorts, uh, Terrell Austin, you know, guys of that nature. You know, we, we have you on the show as a Washington Commanders podcast because, Like someone said in the chat earlier, the golden boy who everyone (laughs) seems to be clamoring for Uh, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, you know, with a chance to possibly get the Super Bowl uh, Sunday. You know, it's being mentioned as like the ultimate favorite of Washington fans and within like the media brass of who possibly might land this job. With me bringing up your former coaches that you've experienced. uh, I even forgot the name Wade Phillips in the mix of that um what what would you prefer if you were back in the nfl in 2024 for your head coach would you prefer the x's and o's guy or would you prefer more so of a a leadership guy or maybe even a mixture of, of the two
4: you know for my head coach i want a leader and a connections guy for my head coach for my coordinator I want probably a X's and O's type of guy. Can,
2: can you can you expound further on the the leadership uh, aspect? Why you would want yeah. that more so than anything, uh, head coach-wise?
3: Because just, just to
2: give people, because not every okay. day like yeah, our audience you. gets to have a former NFL yeah. player that's accomplished, Pro Bowler, you know, yeah. things of that yeah. nature. So that, that would just kind of help them understand why you would prefer that more so than like an ex. Right.
4: So so to put it in, and I don't want to say normal terms like that because I'm very like, hey, man, I, I'm 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 from the country. I'm just a young cat that, that just happened to keep playing ball, right? But to put it in everyday terms, right, most people got a job. When you go to the job, you probably got, you know, whatever type of job you got, you probably got like a supervisor or like a, a manager or somebody that's like, you work with hand in hand, then you got the person up here that like, they make the schedules or they like run the, the shop or whatever it is, right? So you probably closer to like this person than you are with this person, right? But you need this person to understand you because it kind of helps with the flow of things, right? So the head coach, he just the overseer for most of the time. Like you have some head coaches who are more hands-on on the offensive or defensive side like a Kyle Shanahan, uh Andy Reid, guys like that that hey, they want to call the plays, right? Then you have some head coaches they they are the leaders. They they fill in the vibe of the team. They watching the players, they connecting with each player, they making sure everybody is straight. They they in, hey, this is what the team need. We look kind of slow out here today. I think we need some rest. Hey, you know what? We didn't practice as good. Like they controlling the tempo and the temperature of the team and your coordinator, that's who you spend the most time with, right? That's who you in meetings with. You're not in meetings with your head coach for four hours a day. You only meet with the head coach for probably 35 minutes, right? But your coordinators, your position coaches, those are the people that you spend hours and hours and hours of time with. So my head coach I don't really care if you're exes an and those guys, cause I don't really talk to you exes and those. You know what I'm saying? I just go to you when it's like, hey man, I feel like you know we we probably need to this or that, or hey coach, you know is it okay if I do this or do that, or hey coach, I need to um I need to miss, I need to leave meetings early today. My son's graduating from elementary school, and I kind of want to, you know, you see what I'm saying? I'm going to my head coach for those things. My coordinators, who I'm going to. Like, hey, coach, why we call so many zone blitzes? Like, we need to be doing some man-to-man blitzes or, like, you talking ball with my coordinators or my position coach, right? You, you probably go to your position coach first and kind of get an understanding as to why we doing certain things like this, right? And then if you need to, you go to the coordinator. And so for my head coach, I need him to make sure he's going to be able to control the team, right? Somebody that can control the team, lead us, You know, got our back, going to vibe with us, yada, yada, yada. My coordinator, hey, I need him to be able to scheme that trash up. Like, I need him to know what he's talking about. He ain't got to, like, scheme it up to where, boom, boom, boom. My position coach, that's my dog. Hey, dog. Hey, man, send me on another blitz. Hey, tell coach to send me on the blitz, man. Tell coach, let me do this right here. Hey, coach, on this play right here, they got us playing outside. Why we can't play inside and let this guy do that? Right. I'm talking to my position coach because that's my brother coordinator. He the one that's a little higher. And then your head coach, he's the leader. So I don't care if my head coach is a great X's and O's guy. He ain't really calling the plays unless his job on the line like that anyway. You see what I'm saying? He just managing everything. Your coordinator guy, he need to know what he's talking about. X's and O's. Why his scheme need to be legit. And then your position coach, he just got to be a dog with you and believe in you and, and, and y'all go ride together. So that's why I say for me, head coach wise, I want somebody that's gonna I, I feel comfortable talking to if I need to talk to the head coach. You know what I'm saying? I don't want somebody that's a robot that just knows football, he don't have any care, he don't have like you look at, and I know this name keeps coming up, but you look at guys like Josh McDaniel, right? He's an offensive coordinator. Why does he suck so much as a head coach? He's not a leader. He's not a leader. You know what I'm saying? Nick Sirianni, yeah, they had some success in Philly, but why is their locker room a mess right now? He's not a leader. He's just letting those guys do what they do, and they just happened to have a good run last year. You know what I'm saying? You look at a lot of these guys, they're not leaders. they just coordinators. They can call plays, but they're not team leaders. Why you think Mike Tumlin can stay there for so long? He's a leader. He ain't called now play. I'm a leader, though. You see what I'm saying? Dan, Dan, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. He ain't called now play. I'm a leader, though. You know what I'm saying? My team going to follow me. My coordinator's going to ride with me. And they going to get the job done. And so that's kind of what I like. I don't really like those coaches that are like Kyle Shanahan. You the head coach, but you the offensive coordinator. So in practice, are you scripting the practice for us as a defense? Or is everything about your offense? Are you leaving the practice feel happy when the offense had a great day of
5: practice? Oh, yeah. Are
4: you mad? Yeah, Because the defense was awful today. So when you the head coach and you just kind of, the, whatchamacallit, now, hey, man, offense, you was clicking today. Defense, you sucked. But for Kyle Shanahan, I'm the offensive coordinator. So I'm drawing it up so the defense can suck. Why? Because I want my offense to be great. And I'm just calling out Kyle, not because we're playing the 49ers, but he's just a coach that I know is a head coach that likes to call the offensive plays. And I was with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator when I was in Houston. Houston. So I know Kyle. Um so that's why I say that. I like to coach the head coach to kind of sit back and, and let the coordinators do their job.
1: Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site
5: for details.
4: You manage the team and let the coordinators work and and do their thing.
5: Well, Glover, now now you brought up an interesting point on that because if obviously the commanders were to hire Ben Johnson, I think he would be in the same position as a Kyle Shanahan, where he would probably call the plays. I mean, he's a guy that's, you know, he does it all in Detroit as far as that goes, and I think he would want to do the same at his next destination. Is that something you would kind of fear of Ben Johnson, or would you recommend him to Washington fans, you know, knowing that?
4: You know, see, that's the thing. I don't know Ben Johnson personally as a leader. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times, you know, people see the success of everybody that they've had, right? You look at that, you look at that, uh, I think it was 2013, maybe whatever, Washington Commanders. I think they were the Redskins at the time. But you look at that staff, they had Kyle Shanahan, young. He's a head coach right now. They had Matt LaFleur. He was Kyle Shanahan's guy, right? He was in Houston with Kyle Shanahan. They had Sean McVay. They had Mike McDaniel. They had all these young coaches that we're seeing in the league right now. They were on that coaching staff in 2013 in Washington. So when you see them go and have success as head coaches, then guess what what they're looking for? They're looking for that young guy that they feel like can go and have success as a head coach you know what i'm saying is being that guy possibly i don't know him personally to say whether i feel like he's a leader to coach a team because it's a lot different coaching a team than being a coordinator and that's what i would say if you're hiring him as a head coach is he hiring an offensive coordinator Well, or are well, you expecting said- him to be the offensive coordinator
2: from from what's being rumored, his uh OC in these interviews is uh, Hank Fraley, uh the offensive of line coach currently for the Lions.
4: Right. So you think about it. People are their personality, right? What is Hank Fraley? Y'all know who Hank Fraley is?
2: I don't know much about
3: I him, know he played he, in the league, but I don't know too much
2: about him. Yeah, all yeah. right.
4: He's a old he's an old lineman. Yeah. So you know, you know what old linemen like to do, right? They like to run like the, the ball, they like to <laughs> run the <laughs> ball. <laughs> old linemen don't like to pass the ball because they don't like to pass block they like to fire off and go hit guys they don't like to come back and let the dem go going you see what i'm saying so i'm not i don't know Hake fraley fraley as a pass i mean as a as a coordinator but i also don't know too many offensive linemen that are offensive coordinators either most of the time they quarterbacks or you know what i'm saying like i don't want to say nerds but just people that study the game because they drawing up all types of crazy plays right they're just drawing up crazy plays offensive linemen really just going block half the time they don't even understand the route concepts they just block they don't care if it's a post they just need to know if i'm pass setting run blocking cut blocking trap blocking they don't know what's going on down the field. And I'm not saying that Hank doesn't know that. I'm sure he's been around systems and learned it. But, let I me mean, name another offensive lineman that's the offensive coordinator.
5: But see, Glover, to me... If that's the rumor, that says to me that Ben Johnson probably wants most of his hands on his offense, and he's going to use a guy like Fraley that he trusts to help him with prep, being prepared for each week and You know, maybe help install in the game plan, kind of like what uh, Eric Bieniemy was to Andy Reid. I don't think Eric Bieniemy was the play call over there, but he helped Andy Reid with everything else. And I kind of feel like that's what Fraley would be if they bring him in.
4: No question. So that means that Ben was still be the offensive coordinator for the most part but now when you're in detroit and your only job is to be the offensive coordinator you can spend all your hours being the offensive coordinator now you're the head coach you can't spend all your hours being the offensive coordinator because you got to be the head coach of the team you got more media obligations you got more things you got to handle you got to worry about the defense as well you got to sit through the special teams uh, game planning there's a lot of things you can't just And I'm not going to say that you can't just do those things. I just like the ones that could be the head coach. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to be the offensive coordinator, you really got to have a defensive coordinator and a special team coordinator that, hey, man, I trust you guys to get the job done. I'm not sitting in your meetings to make sure that I got to worry about my offense. So if Ben, if he's coming over as his highly talented, you know, coordinator and they want him to be the head coach he's definitely going to call the plays because at the end of the day that's what they're trying to do score points right and so that Ben's not going to come over with these high expectations and then put it off on somebody else to me that wouldn't be a great leader of men because now I'm putting the blame on somebody else if the offense ain't thriving from the get-go as opposed to saying you brought me here to get the offense going. I'm gonna take on that challenge and get it going. I'm gonna call the plays, All right? You look at Mike McCarthy. He want to come in after us. Oh no, I don't gave Kellen more. Now I'm gonna call the plays. Who, who, who? Why you? Why you ain't do that from the get go? Maybe you was trying to empower Kellen. Okay, well then hire another offensive coordinator. But whatever.
3: <laughs> hey, so look, first off, um, this is my last question, fellas. I, I want to make sure that uh Glover, I appreciate your time, man, and, and 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 everything that you provided, the Washington side, man, and your perspective. Uh my last thing is is stemming from the conversation that we're having now. Um, I, I think that the biggest dilemma here in Washington and what we kind of struggle, like in terms of our back and forth, is just understanding that um, you know, the big names are uh Mike Mac, McDonald out Mike of McDaniel. out of Baltimore. Mike McDaniel. Uh, yeah. Uh Mike, Mike McDonald. Mc, yeah. McDaniels
4: McDonald, and uh Dolphins. Yeah.
3: McDonald in Baltimore, Slowick and Houston, and obviously Ben Johnson and Detroit. And I think our, our biggest dilemma here in Washington, um like I take a big heed into what Adam Peters is saying in terms of his main thing that he's looking for in Washington and their head coach is leadership. And and I think that's a really big deal. And and the conversation that you're or that we're having right now is, is just not necessarily saying that Ben Johnson isn't a leader. The The point is you don't know, and that's nothing wrong with that. Like it's nothing wrong with saying you don't know. And and there's nothing wrong with us acknowledging that we don't know. Um, I, I did hear press conferences. I showed you all Dre and AJ. Like I thought that he spoke really well, and he showed like awareness of his team. But also, he was very specific about his offense. He he uh, he identified scheme uh, scheme uh, uh, defects or things that he can get better at. Uh, but it's all related to his offensive side of the football and specific players and specific run schemes and things like that. Sometime last offseason, Glover. But my thing is with this. Uh, With this whole situation and and dilemma, we had it in the chat. Somebody mentioned Raheem Morris. Um, I think that's why I had Raheem and Ben as a 1A and 1B, respectively, because if the idea is to have um, leadership be the, the most important thing for your head coach, there's a lot of endorsements from a lot of people, a lot of players, a lot of coaches, who really like what Raheem Morris brings to the table. And I'm not making a case for or against one candidate here in Washington, but I think it's important to acknowledge that um, when you think about leadership traits and if there's nothing out there to suggest that somebody is that person and somebody who may be too deep, uh, too, uh, too involved into their offense, like how, how are you going to be able to connect with your team? Like, I don't know if you're going to be able to, like, stretch yourself that thin, like not in negative way, but just, like, be able to connect with the, the special teams, the, the defense, the offense, even the defensive line or the, the linebackers, like, just generally thinking, I'm I'm not, I'm not in the locker room, so I can't tell, but that's kind of where our dilemma here is in Washington. And this is more of a statement than it is a question, but, like, it just adds to the fact that you mentioned how uh, he's able to tap into and even develop and grow in his offense because that's all he's focused on in Detroit is an offensive side of the football. And it's shown that he, he knows what he's doing, but it's like, what happens when you get a bigger role? Can you force yourself to grow outside of just being an offensive person?
4: Right. And you know, what I'm going to say, man is, and I don't know, you know, maybe this gets back to the powers that be in Washington. (laughs) right headlines headlines happen man people see headlines i don't care they it is what it is we're all human you know what i'm saying professional athletes these people yeah they might not see everything but they see a lot of it they might not read all the articles but they see headlines and they may read a lot of them and just say oh i didn't even see that no you saw it we're human we're not robots right <laughs> so that's what i would say I feel like you have to have an alignment of everybody from your head coach to your players to your your organization, your city. Everything has to be aligned, right? Meaning, case in point, D'Amico Ryan just got drafted. I mean, not drafted, uh, the head coach for the Houston Texans, right? D'Amico Rons played for the Houston Texans. He was drafted to the Houston Texans, right? Demico Rons inherited the same exact team minus key people, right? They drafted C.J. Stroud, drafted Will Anderson, Tank Dell, right? Lovey Smith had that same team almost last year. They won three games. David Culley had that same team the year before, right? What's the difference? Lovey Smith, David Cully? they don't have any connection. They don't represent Houston. They don't represent what the city is about, right? So when you bring in D'Amico, he represents what the city is about. He represents what the organization is about. So the type of players that he brings in, they represent that same thing. You look at Dan Campbell. Tight end in the NFL. Work your way up through the coaching ranks. Hard worker, hard nose, nasty, physical. What is Detroit known as the city? Hardcore, cold, working. Like, that's the bottom of the city, right? So then the players that they bring in, what are they? The same way. So because when you play for Detroit, you got to have that chip on your shoulder. Nobody gives you a chance. You don't get any national media. You got to go out and take... Everything that you want, right? When you when you play for the Cowboys, you probably a little on the bougie side, right? I'm
3: oh, about every, to say. Every, yes. every,
4: <laughs> listen, but take it out. Everybody that gets drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers, they all of a sudden they're tough guys now, right? They the steal a curtain. We the tough guys, right? What is the culture? What is the embodiment of the Washington Commanders? You guys are the national. You guys are in D.C. You guys need a head coach that can stand in front of the media and, 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 and show that power and speak for that. And then you hire coordinators. And the coordinators that you hire, you hire a head coach that's going to lead the team, right? We gonna I'm going to lead these guys. We're going to be the national team, but I'm going to lead us in the right direction. You say you like Ben Johnson as an offensive coordinator? Okay, go hire his quarterback's coach to be my offensive coordinator. Let Ben stay in in Detroit. I'm going to get his quarterback's coach, get him a pay raise, and let him come be the offensive coordinator. You like Mike McDaniel, McDonald? I'm going to go get his one of his little young assistants and make him Anthony my Weaver. defensive coordinator. Right? And now I got a coach that, hey, we're going to be here for the long run. We're going to be here for, for some years. And I got these young coordinators that's hungry to keep climbing. They freaking dying to to get a raise. They ain't ain't leaving in a year to get a head coaching job, right? They ain't leaving. they just a quarterback's coach. They got to be a coordinator for some years, right? So now they're going to be here for a year. So, yeah, I got to work through the grind. It may not be peachy the first year, but when you keep that continuity and you get the right people in there and you got the right leader at the top, it happens. But when you go and try to get Ben Johnson to be the head coach, who's going to be the coordinator? Oh, I got to get – you need a leader to me. Dan Campbell speaks for the team. He speaks for the team. They feed off of his energy. His coordinator is just coach. That's all y'all got to do. Right? So that's what you do. You go and find the quarterback's coach. The wide receiver coach, the person that's hey, who works closely with Ben Johnson? Who knows Ben Johnson's system? Right? Do I like his background? Do I feel like he can? Perfect. Cause I don't I don't really need you to be a leader of men. Yeah, you got to lead your offense. I really just need you to call plays though. When I was in Houston with Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips would talk to us for like two minutes. Hey, guys, this is what we got today. Um, let's have a good practice. Make sure we run to the ball. And you done. Wade Phillips was like, I want you position coaches to coach your guys. I'm just going to call the plays on Sunday. I'm just going to call the plays. You make sure your guys are ready to go. You ain't even got to have no conversation with Wade. Hey, I'm just going to call the plays. Wade over there in practice, kick back. He watching. Making sure guys doing what they are supposed to be doing, but we ain't even talking away like that, right? That's a coordinator. So that's what I feel like you guys need because Ron Rivera might be a good coach, but nobody hears his voice.
2: Hey, like, hey you know, you know they had the audacity to hire a high school uh, football coach to be the oh D- lord, this oh. the DB coaching Washington-
4: in Washington
2: yeah he was a db coach for the entire season never like really no nfl experience straight from high school one of jack del rio's boys hired him to be the the d-back coach
3: after chris (laughs) harris left
2: that's why they was getting cooked by dj moore and all these different guys
4: yeah man like yeah you you can't do that
2: man (laughs) you
4: can't do that i just feel like there's far too many good coaches out there and and when i say good coach i just mean guys that are like i say That's how you find all the guys. Everybody starts out, like I say, and I I don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but when I started in Houston in 2009, right, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, right, but he was in his first year as an offensive coordinator, so he went on to Washington to be an offensive coordinator. He went on to Atlanta, I think, to be an offensive coordinator. Might have been a head coach in Atlanta. I can't remember,
3: and then he worked his way up,
4: right? Matt LaFleur, who's the head coach in Green Bay, was his quarterback's coach. Robert Sala, who's the head coach in New York Jets right now, he was the linebacker quality control guy. He was the guy running the scout team, making all the cards for practice. That was Robert Sala in 2009. He leaves there, he goes to Seattle, takes a job, or goes to Jacksonville, takes a job, keeps working his way up. And next thing you know, he, he's a coordinator in Seattle. They have some good years, and he's the hottest thing. Now he's a head coach in the NFL, right? 2009, he was the quality control guy. In 2009, D'Amico Rhines was a linebacker in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how they find all these guys. You find the guys that are doing the work, the quality control guys. The assistant, the quarterback, the coaches, they're the ones doing all the scouting. They are the ones drawing up all the stuff. They're the ones that's doing that. You think you think they no man? These guys got people that are drawing up all this stuff.
3: They got a team hey. behind them.
4: Yeah.
2: Wasn't, wasn't Mike McDaniels also in Houston uh during your tenureship under Kubiak?
4: Nah, he wasn't there. Mike, Mike wasn't there that I know of
2: okay i mean I if he, if he I was he there he lines so, yeah he probably if he was there he might have just been and in he might
4: have been so low on the totem pole i ain't know who he was <laughs> <laughs> and, and he could have been an offense he could have been an offensive guy i was a young defensive guy right so maybe he was so low on the totem pole i didn't know who he was <laughs>
5: Hey, Glover, I got one last question for you, man. And this is somebody we actually didn't bring up today. I mean, as it relates to the Washington head coaching search, we're actually looking at two people from Detroit. We've only talked about Ben Johnson.
3: Oh, yeah. And the other
5: guys right up your wheelhouse, man. Uh, Aaron Glenn, you know, former cornerback. I mean, he was in the secondary you know, um, can you kind of talk about what he will bring to the table? I mean, what you've seen from what he's brought to Detroit. I mean, if he's a guy that you could say, man, he probably can lead men or he might be something in the future. Like, have you seen something from him to elevate him or get Washington fans to maybe consider him?
4: You know, uh, I, I like A.G. I've been knowing A.G. for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I've been knowing him for a long time back from our time in Houston. Um, Great guy. You know, he's worked his way up. You know, he's coached a long time through the systems in New Orleans. And like I said, that's how he got his job, right? Dan Campbell's on the staff in New Orleans, right? I need a coordinator. Hey, I think AG is a guy. So you go and pull him from a defensive backs coach or whatever he was in New Orleans. And now you make him a coordinator, right? But it takes time. His AG's first year in Detroit as the coordinator wasn't a great year. They didn't play great defense, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say they played hard and they lost a lot of close games because they couldn't stop anybody. You know what I'm saying? And just being there consistently for these 3 years now, they've gotten better and better and better. And yeah, they still have their games where they don't, you know, whatever, but they've gotten better and better and better. And so I think AG is a is a good coach. Do I think he's a head coach at this moment? I don't know. I don't know. Um but I think the biggest the biggest thing is if he's a head coach, in my opinion, you really have to have that connection. And I don't know if AG got a connection to the Commanders. Like what's his That's just a job then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's different. Like, and I bring up D'Amico all the time because I'm familiar with this situation. But even Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell played for Detroit. I don't know if y'all even knew that. He played for Detroit a little yeah, bit. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah you know. Mike Shanahan was the OC back in the day with the 49ers.
4: who's his dad?
2: Yeah, Kyle Shan, uh, Mike Shanahan. Right. Right. As a uh, OC for the is under right and young,
4: right. So it, you gotta. I, I feel like you need you need that connection, in my opinion, and it needs to be something bigger than just you, right? Like D'Amico Ryan's has a has a legacy as a player, so you don't want to come back and stink it up as a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna go into the the. I might go into the the honor as a player for this organization and a, you know what I'm saying? So it's a connection there. I don't know the connection that Aaron Glenn will have with Washington. I don't know the connection that being with, I don't know those things, but I'm not going to say that they don't deserve a head coaching job because obviously we've seen young guys get head coaching jobs and, and they do well. You know what I'm saying? So I'm never going to say they don't deserve the job. If you get hired then you deserve the job. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I just, I do know, I feel like connections to a city, to an organization in some kind of way, I either grew up there, I played there, uh, something. I feel like those situations tend to work out better most of the time.
5: Well, you just described Raheem Moore's fuss. (laughs) Because he played here. He knows the city, knows the culture. I mean, not to say that he's going to be the favorite, but going by your words, right. man, he would be the dude, man. <laughs> I
4: but it. it it. Would he be the leader or would he want to be the hands-on guy? Because he's been hands-on his whole career, right? He's been that guy. You know, do he have a young, you know, what, what he's coaching in? He's coaching in the rounds right now, man, right? Do we have a, a young DB assistant, right? What is he, the coordinator, or he's yeah, a coordinator? He's a coordinator there. So, do do he like his DB coach enough in LA to say, "Hey, if I get this head coaching job, I want you to be my coordinator." Do he like some? You know, you see what I'm saying. Dude. Who is he gonna bring to, that he trusts to run his stuff, or is he gonna try to do it? And then sometimes, like I say. I don't know Raheem like that, but Raheem has had some, some, some things with you know situations. So sometimes you got to be able to get out your own way and be a leader. You ain't thirty years old and a player anymore. You got to know how to be like. You ain't the player. You got to be like the daddy. Like I'm y'all daddy. I understand. I'm gonna let y'all do y'all thing. I ain't gonna do it with you, but. We got to have that type of, you know what I'm saying, to where you ain't like so cool to where you just feel like players like they could do what they want, but it's a level of respect and leadership there,
3: right? That's first off, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave Raheem alone so we can go ahead and get Glover out the way. Glover, man, I appreciate you uh joining us and, and honestly joining us for longer than we anticipated. Uh, when we when we first linked up, man. So I I, I want to make sure that that's known, man. You gave us plenty of time and, and plenty of conversation in the chat. Uh, the people that are in here on the YouTube side, man, they definitely appreciate everything that you gave. Uh, and dropped the gems for us. I, I want to give you the floor just for one quick second, just to let the people know where they can find you. Um, anything that you got going on? I know you're on the Believing Uh Lions podcast as well. Uh, but I want to give you the floor just to plug anything that I'm missing. Uh, appreciate you joining us, bro.
4: Oh man, I appreciate you guys for having me. I love talking. I love talking ball, man. I mean I, I mean, I I was a part of it for a long time, man. I understand the ins and outs of it, man. So I like I like to uh, to talk it and and help people and just give a different perspective of things that happen. Don't mean I'm always right. But it's just kind of what I feel. But I'm on the Believe in Lions podcast. You can find it. It's on YouTube. It's on all the places that you listen to podcasts. But probably the coolest thing that I feel like I got going right now, man, and you guys, you know, you guys are in Washington, so it might not, you know, be applicable. But <laughs> I love art, man. I do custom framing, man. I have fun with it. I frame all types of like cool projects, jerseys, photos, balls, bats, gloves any daggone thing man it's fun man i enjoyed it's a great escape for me it's a way to connect with people and a way to just bring uh memories and all types of stuff to life that people can have for a long time so um you you can find me on instagram glover quinn i'm on twitter glover quinn jr um my instagram page has all my my other pages i got a photo photography page because i like taking photos got my framing page because i like doing that stuff too so that's the cool side. If you want to do something outside of football and just check something out, man. But the football stuff, obviously, is my personal page, and then the Believe in Lions podcast. And then, yeah, if you want to check out some of those old DB um, e. room, DB e. videos, yeah. film breakdowns, all that stuff, man. It's the DB room on uh, YouTube. Some pretty cool stuff on there too.
2: Absolutely. Who you got winning Sunday?
4: I got uh, a. <laughs> I got lines, I, I got lines, Ravens.
3: I was about to say, bro. I, I swore everything, bro. I was telling people at the gym during AJ. I was like, Look, man, Niners on upset watch, bro. I swear, I swear to God, I said that. I, I don't know what's up with the Niners, bro. But when I seen Brock, Brock Purdy drop back a couple times in the first quarter, I said, Hold on, bro. But then I also seen Detroit play uh throughout the whole season. I said, Man, the way they run the football, bro, if they can, if they can get some type of balance against the, the Niners. I don't even I don't even know if the Niners got a chance. I know their defense. Detroit's Lion defense got they got some they got some leaks, but they can create turnovers. If they get like two turnovers. You're talking about a, you're talking about uh, Detroit having a, a chance in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left and a chance to win, bro.
4: Yeah, I mean I think the biggest thing, and I think you know because one of my best friends is a 49er fan, so me and him going to the game on uh Sunday. Oh, that's lit. Yeah. And we actually called it a while ago. He was like, hey, dog, if we meet in the playoffs in the championship game, we going. And um, it happened. So I had to hold up my end of the bargain. We going. But um, throughout the season, you know, just watching those guys, to me, they were unbeatable for a long time. And you look like, like 49ers with this team that was, like, indestructible, just like world beaters. And then Debo Samuel got hurt. Trent Williams got hurt. Trent Williams came back. Debo Samuels was still out. They go on a three-game losing streak. All with Debo Samuel not in the lineup. Debo Samuel comes back. They look like a totally different team. You look at them in the in, in the finishing of the season. Debo Samuel's healthy. They're playing unbelievable. You look at them in Green Bay. Debo Samuel goes out. They just... They just don't seem to have the same edge. Christian McCaffrey is still Christian. George Kittle is still George, but it's just different when Debo is not out there. So if Debo can't play, it's tough. It's going to be tough on him. If he does play, it'll be closer. I got the Lions winning by
5: three, but it is what it is. Oh, So I'm we can go ahead and bet
3: that. that we can go ahead and take that to the, Dre, bank. the bet already. In. in if that was in before this show, bro, I already, I already put in, I already locked in the
2: lines, bro. I think hey, i, I like let's go. Boys I think it'll come down to turnovers, man. What quarterback is gonna make more plays than the other? And uh, if that pressure gets to either one of those guys, Purdy or Goff, that'll determine who win the game in turnovers. Like, that's
4: that's I mean, I think Vegas keep- got the line at plus seven,
3: yeah, it's at seven right now, Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's easy money if you a Detroit fan. Like, put the, put the, give me my touchdown, bro. Hey, Detroit money line, baby. (laughs) Let's go. You know, (laughs) Adrian, I'm locked in, bro. You already know. We we gonna have to recap this next
2: Tuesday and see.
3: Now uh, <laughs> nah, without AJ, bro, because AJ, you know AJ, the will AJ be hating. Yeah, AJ, behavior, man, yeah, AJ, AJ, behavior, AJ And they say
2: hater just because I got a strong opinion about certain things. Like <laughs> I, I like I like elite players. I like playmakers. So like with Ben Johnson. I want you to feed Jameer Gibbs. I want you to feed Jameson Williams more. I get your system and you want to spread the ball around, but it's like <laughs> eat your fucking dogs like that's right. Like, but, but
4: you got to look at it like this right here, right? Think about it in basketball. Kobe Bryant can go one-on-one for sure, but he can score more inside of the triangle.
5: Hey, that's
2: knowledge. If I'm if I'm Joel Embiid and I got 45 in the halftime, I better be coming out of second half and still getting those touches. But you can't in football, until you get those touches, you never know who got the hot hand.
4: Right. But he's getting those 45 inside the system. He's not coming across half court and it's like, hey, Joel Embiid, don't go be one right. on one and beat everybody.
2: Hey man, He's going those I, inside
4: I'm, of the system.
2: I'd be a, a rule breaker and break the law, man.
5: Hey, you only want to feed
2: your favorite <laughs> dogs. You don't want to feed all, all right. the dogs, man. That's the problem. Hey, come on, <laughs> bro. I was just playing around. <laughs> hey. It's been a pleasure, man, hearing your perspective yes, and sir. I think, like giving our listeners great insight on how like a guy like you, a, a, a vetted NFL veteran that has been around so many different Dynamics of coaching styles from the Caldwells to the Kubiaks to Wade Phillips, whatever, uh, and especially it's an important time for the Washington fan base trying to hit home on this coaching hire. And you see so many people advocating for the offensive of guys all the time, but we're literally watching the Detroit Lions with a guy that calls no plays, Baltimore Ravens with Harbaugh who calls no plays, uh, going against you know, teams that have offensive mind coaches. So it's like both ways can be done. It's just about making the right pick and hoping that it, it, it click.
4: Right. You got to have that at the end of the day. Make the right pick, man. Hope it click. But the biggest thing is also, man, you got to give them time. You know what I'm saying? You got to give them time. That's and really a lot of game. times, these a lot of times these organizations don't give guys enough time. So we'll see how this all play out
3: absolutely hey glover man enjoy the game this weekend bro be safe uh look me and dre already got the, well i got the lines locked in i don't know if dre just all talk right I'm now not, but not I, I got a line all right man say no more me and me and dre got the lines plus the seven i got the money line as soon as i uh put my deposit in on fan dude <laughs> <laughs> but we like that man glover be safe bro appreciate you big dog all right man appreciate y'all already appreciate. man there go glover uh, phallus or oh, they go, uh, Drake, he's smart, smart man. No, great, great, yeah. His hand be right on the
2: X button as soon as it, it approaches that time. he be, uh, uh-huh. <laughs>
3: hey, but look, that's it, though. Like, I ain't even gonna lie to you, the whole pot. Like, I, I thought we were gonna do Collins and everything, but Glover stuck with us the whole show. Um, so when we talk about a Ben Coach, Ben Johnson coach profile, we did just that shout out to JB. Um, he said, HTCC Jaden Daniels gave us two dollars. Man, I appreciate you, JB, for checking in, showing some love, showing some support as well. That's always appreciated. We're gonna circle back next week to talk about these quarterbacks. We're gonna talk about maybe a coordinator or two again. Maybe I can get a guy for San Francisco who can, I mean, not San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles who can tap into it. Maybe we get a player Another player, former player. So we'll we'll let's kind of put I that on the by, side.
2: By, by next week, we should know who's gonna be the head coach. That is also true. By next Tuesday, seven p.m., we should know who the hell the damn head coach is because Senior Bowl is that week. So yes. you would hope that you have some type of some type of answer so you could you know start formulating things. But yeah, yes. I, I think next week would be a, a great episode for people to to just chime in on who this new head coach is going to be, because I definitely think that that hire is made next week.
3: Absolutely. It's going to be
2: this week, but because yeah, I thought that week. the Lions were going to lose and that would help expedite things <laughs> for all organizations. But as we've seen in the last 24 hours, teams have hired new GMs, uh, teams have hired new head coaches, Brian Callahan, uh, Bill Callahan's son is now the head coach for the Tennessee Titans. A guy
3: um, who hasn't called plays before. Shout out to uh, Eric B. Enemy just just for the sake of, of proving <laughs> yeah. that he ain't. You know, geneticism, like, bro. Like that.
2: That's yeah. where, like, even Glover was touching on the relationship side. Like,
3: yeah. Um, you
2: know, even though Brian's young, he's gonna be able to pull from his daddy's. You know, his his uh his uh network. So, um, who else? Harbaugh is probably about to get the job in in uh LA. with the Chargers. Raiders yeah. hired a new GM. So, yeah, a lot of teams are starting to close in on their guys and it's going to be interesting. I I put a little prediction out there before, you know, everything falls in place. But I think the best place for Ben Johnson of the remaining jobs to go and immediately have success offensively is Atlanta Falcons.
3: Somebody else said that in chat, too, but I ain't about to scroll up. Um, It's not a bad idea. I, I don't I think he got a couple options. That's not a bad idea. But Atlanta got some pieces. Um, and they got an offensive line that you ain't got to retool, like man, already he, did. Got,
2: he got the all of, offensive line. He got Drake London, that's an athletic enough big wide receiver. Hey, man, he, future Hall of Famer. Got, you got what is it, Al Allegor, or how, however you say his name, Alger,
3: yeah.
2: And you got a weapon in Kyle Pitts at tight end, man. All he got to do is get a quarterback.
3: All he got to <laughs> do is get a quarterback, man. That hey, so listen, we're gonna open up the show next week. Um again shout out to Glover Quinn uh he he killed it today uh Jay Tyler, I seen you in the chat as well um and everybody else as well just uh giving appreciation to the interview um and Hawk I see you as well as um too so we'll be back next week we'll open up the the show as well uh we'll have more in detail conversations just in the case we don't even have a, a head coach either way it'll be open you can talk about who you want or you can talk about the hire that they made Um, But yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. All 32 will be back on Thursday night or Friday morning, one or the other. Don't matter. Um, With all that being said, man, we up out of here. I hope you all appreciated it. Um, Until next time, man. Peace. Damn, set, hut, watch him throw the ball, we gon' pick it up. You gon' let him hit the hole or you gon' cut it off. You gon' play through
2: fourth and long and you gon' punt it off. Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type one to wanna win by any means, right? You should look alive, this is trap and die.